It's Tuesday, December 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and I am alone in the studio once again. And it's just me today. So, um, by all means, um, if you want to, skip this episode. Um, I promise you, next Monday, we're back full-time. It'll be the usual Market Foolery. Uh, But I did want to share just a few thoughts to round out 2014. And I'll start with a recent email from longtime listener and member Don Sampson, who writes... The recent discussion about AutoZone prompted me to dig into my files. Below is my two-part story. Part one, how I made money in the stock market. I bought shares of AutoZone in 1993 and sold these a few years later after a modest gain. Part two, how I missed out on a 26-bagger. See above. Three quotes come to mind. Let your winners run. David Gardner. The simplest thing you can do to improve the performance of your portfolio might be to increase the holding period of your stocks. That's from Tom Gardner. And the third quote Don offers up is, Only a fool learns from his own mistakes. The wise man learns from the mistakes of others. And that's from Otto von Bismarck. And Don closes by writing, Perhaps we can modify Bismarck's observation and say, The foolish investor learns from the mistakes of others. Merry Christmas and thanks for all you do. Sincerely, Don Sampson. Um, I'm going to come back to Don's email in a minute, um, but I want to start, well, not start, because I've already started. Um, And what I'm going to say next won't be uh, much of a surprise. I didn't really sleep much last night. I don't know why. It was just one of those nights where I just sort of woke up at about 1.30 in the morning and didn't really fall asleep for another four or five hours. And I enjoy ESPN as much as the next person, but there's only so many times you can watch uh, highlights of of different sporting events hour after hour. So I'm flipping the channels around and I get to HBO and there's a documentary called Six by Sondheim. And it's about Stephen Sondheim, who is the legendary composer and lyricist. And if you're at all familiar with musical theater in America, Stephen Sondheim is the person behind shows like A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum and Sweeney Todd and Into the Woods, which is now in movie theaters. Uh, he also wrote the lyrics for West Side Story. I, I know a little bit about Stephen Sondheim. I've seen a couple of those shows, but I'm definitely not an expert. And so I, I got drawn in pretty quickly. Uh, it's an incredibly well-made documentary. Um, and I recommend it to anyone who's interested because it it did a great job of n- not really so much profiling Stephen Sondheim, the person, although it did that, but it was as much about his process and how he works and how he was mentored by Oscar Hammerstein, who's also on the short list of the all-time greatest composers and lyricists. And I so... Earlier today, I, I get on Wikipedia and I'm looking up Stephen Sondheim's accomplishments. And he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He is a Kennedy Center honoree. And none of those things are really the focus of this documentary. It's really about his artistic process and his journey through the American musical theater. And the highs and the lows that came with his career. And this is someone who who received tremendous honors, and it is also someone who was just failed spectacularly. And throughout the entire documentary, it's clear that 
He is at peace with this journey he's on. He's by no means pleased with his failures, but he takes it in stride and he's much more about the work that he's doing. And he's constantly focused on what his next project is and what he can do better and what he can learn from other people. And towards the end of it, I realized that in a similar way as investors, we're also on a journey. And like Don Sampson and his email, we make investments and some of them work out. And some of them turn out to be stocks that we sold way too soon. Way too soon. Um, Tom Gardner has said time and time again, the worst investment he ever made was in the early 1990s, he bought Dell Computer. And in a short amount of time, the stock rose 30% and he sold it. And Dell Computer went on to be the number one performing stock of the entire decade. Think about that for a second. The number one performing stock of the entire decade. And I realized that the company in you know, beyond the year 2001, suffered challenges and eventually went private. But that's an unbelievable stock to miss out on. I'm guessing that has a little bit of something to do with Tom's belief that the single easiest thing we can all do as investors is to double our time frame for holding stocks. And that's going to work out better for us. And by the way, not everybody wants to go on the investing journey. Let's be clear about that. There are plenty of people out there in the world who just want to stick money into a 401k plan or an index fund, and that's it. They don't want to think about it. And that's fine. 2014 was yet another year where people who just bought and held an index fund did much better than people who were involved in a hedge fund. But if you're listening right now, I think it's partly because well, you know at The Motley Fool, we focus on stocks. On this podcast, we talk about stocks. So, if you're listening, whether you realize it or not, you have made the conscious step to make the journey as an investor. And when I think back on this year, one of the things I think about is all the different people I've met uh, or traded emails with at different stages in their journey. And one of the simplest ways to break that down is simply from the standpoint of age. I've met older investors at different fool events who have different goals. They are enjoying their later years. They're looking to set up their children and their grandchildren, um, and they're in a different place in life. And at the other end of the spectrum, the younger end of the spectrum, there's people like McKenna Hassey who, if you listen to yesterday's episode, um, you learned what life is like for a 17-year-old investor. I also think about the kids uh, from East Greenwich High School in Rhode Island who spent close to a year working to convince a state board to put financial literacy in the classroom. And some of those students are probably never going to get the full benefit of that work. And they still worked on it. They worked on it because they knew it was the right thing to do. They worked on it so that younger students would get the benefit of financial literacy. And that is so admirable. I I cannot salute stuff like that enough. Um, As I said, uh, we're going to be back full-time on Monday. We're actually going to be starting our fifth year of Market Foolery. 
Uh, I don't know about you, but I did not see that coming. Uh, this was something we just decided to try. We had been doing Motley Fool Money uh, first as a podcast and then as a radio show for about a year, and we just said, well, let's let's try this. Let's see if we can talk about business news and the stock market on a daily basis, and that was January 2011, and here we are four years later. Uh, before I wrap up, just a reminder, my father always used to say that New Year's Eve was the night when amateur drunks were on the road. You kind of don't have to worry about the experienced drunks. They're, you know, they know not to get behind the wheel of the car. Um, it's the amateur drunks you got to look out for. So on New Year's Eve, wherever you are, please be safe out there. Uh, I will just close with a few thank yous. Uh, first, to the analysts who joined me in this studio, uh, as I said this time last year, this ain't their full-time job. This is my job, but their job is to be analysts. And I, I so appreciate their willingly giving of their time and expertise to come into the studio and help me and hopefully help you understand what's happening in the stock market, what's happening with these different companies, and where the opportunities are for investors like us. Uh, second, it kind of doesn't matter what happens in the studio if there is not someone on the other side of the glass making the technology work. Uh, Anne Henry, Heather Horton, Rick Engdahl uh, have all helped this year with that. But recently, uh, the point person who uh, stepped up to be in charge of Market Foolery's technical execution is Dan Boyd. He is so great at his job. He is incredibly, incredibly patient with me in particular. And he's one of the reasons The Motley Fool is a great place to work. Uh, so thank you to all of them. And last but not least, as I said last year, thank you for listening. Uh, it is the greatest professional compliment I can think of when someone tells me that they listen to Market Foolery uh, because you have so many different choices. There are so many things you can listen to. There are so many ways you can get perspective on what's happening in the business world and ideas and opinions on what's happening in the stock market. And it's such an incredible compliment that uh, in your busy life, you choose to listen to Market Foolery. So thank you, and we'll see you in 2015.